0: All right, for our second message today, we have a sermon from Mr. Lawrence Gregory uh, uh, entitled Two Kinds of Sin, I believe. Yes, a Two Kinds of Sin. Mr. Gregory. What I have to say today will uh, fit in with the message, the two messages on the Day of Atonement by uh, Curtis Whiteley and Matthew Steele. And uh, as I was uh, preparing these, uh, I thought, well, maybe I ought to switch subjects, and then I decided that uh, I would continue with uh, the message that I had uh, planned for today. And uh, the title is Two Kinds of Sin. And it could be, well, uh, synonyms of categories or two groups or two divisions of sin. But I would like uh, us to turn in our Bibles to 1 John, the 5th chapter, verse 16 and 17, and read these two verses. If any man see his brother sin, a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, And he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. And verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. So my two categories today is uh, a sin unto death and a sin not unto death. And try to help us uh, differentiate between these two. Now, uh, the scriptures tells us if we see our brother, uh, or it could be sister, or somebody in the church, or somebody else. Sin a sin that is not unto death. We can ask, and they can be forgiven. Uh, but if there is a sin unto death, uh, John leaves it open for us to decide. He doesn't say... Pray for that person, or pray for that sin. He leaves it up to us to ask God to show that person their sin, so that they can repent, so that they can confess their sin, so they can be forgiven. Uh, he doesn't tell us. Uh, he leaves it up to us to decide whether uh, we should pray for that person that sins a sin unto death or not. And uh, he lets us know that all unrighteousness, which is the breaking of God's commandment, is sin. Now, there is uh, uh, three things about death that I want us to understand and review. The first one is uh, physical death. And we know in Hebrews 9:27 it tells us, it's appointed and a man wants to die, after that the judgment. So, we're mortal, human beings, we're all going to die, right? We're all going to die the physical mortal death. There's a second death in uh, 1 John 3.14. Let's back up just a little bit. 1 John 3.14. And it says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So uh, without going through a lot of scriptures, and there's a lot of scriptures on, these, uh, on this message that I have today. But uh, I'm just going to look at a few but uh, there is a spiritual death we know, which we call conversion when the, the old body dies and, the, and we take on a new life in a new way. And we call that uh, conversion or uh, a new birth. Some call it uh, born-again uh, experience, uh, but we'll explain that a little later also. And then there is in Revelation, let's go to Revelation, the second chapter, and uh, verse 11, Revelation 2:11 says, "He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death." So there's another death, the second death, and that is a death of eternity. When a person dies after the judgment, they're going to die. Forever, if they have not repented, if God has not forgiven them, if He has not given them His Spirit and given them eternal life. So there are three deaths that we see in the scriptures identified as a first death, physical death that we all experience, second is a death of uh, conversion uh, from leaving the way of uh, normal. Uh, uh, death and dying into the way of life and uh, a spiritual conversion, and the third is an eternal death that unrepentant sinners are going to experience, and they're going to be die, they're going to be dead forever. Death is a cessation of life. We know that, so it can be temporary, it can be permanent, and we know in the. Uh, uh, New Testament that uh, all unrighteousness is sin, so everybody is going to die. Now, we who are alive as Christians, we know from time to time we still have some sin in our life that we have to deal with, and that's why from year after year and, and going back over Matthew's sermon on the day of uh, atonement, we understand that uh, we're reminded every year that we are sinners, and so we're reminded occasionally that we do have some sin that we need to repent of, and we need to act, confess that and ask God to forgive us. So from time to time, uh, we know that uh, uh, we experience that. Now, let's, let's take, uh, we know that all unrighteousness is sin. So righteousness is a keeping of God's commandments. Now, let's take just one of those, a Sabbath day. We know that inadvertently, sometimes we violate the Sabbath spiritually. But since we have repented and been forgiven and given God's spirit as Christians and as believers, we're exempt from that eternal death. But we, from time to time, know that we mess up and we have to repent and we have to confess that. Uh, I'm getting those uh, confession and repentance in, in disorder there, but you understand what I'm talking about, so that God can forgive us. Now, let's look at the first category or first group uh, that we call sin not unto death. Uh, in 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, let me read 1 John 1, 7 through 10. But if we walk, and I have to break into the thoughts here a little bit without reading all of the uh, John. John is a, a good writer of contrast, and we won't explain all of that. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, I want us to get this point. It's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Now, Matthew had uh, a point that I want to uh, stress here uh, for us, and that is that, uh, you know, uh, God forgives us of our sins when we confess and when we repent of those sins. If we uh, say that we have not I forgot the the point that I was going to make there. I'll come to it a little later here, I think, in my notes. But uh, I was getting ahead of myself a little bit there. And uh, continuing in the second chapter here of uh, John, My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, now that advocate is uh, Trevor Dennis, no no, I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, he's a lawyer, <laughs> uh, an advocate is Jesus Christ who is our lawyer, who is our pleader, who, who talks for us and uh, pleads for us like in a legal case, uh, a lawyer gets up and he pleads for his client, well Jesus Christ does that, uh, Jesus Christ the righteous and he is the propitiation or he is the payment for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so, Jesus Christ paid the penalty of death for us, and so we're exempt. Now, we all have to die the first death, and we're all going to be uh, dying the second death, of conversion, of uh, turning from our uh, evil ways to the way of righteousness but we're going to escape that second death because we're going to live forever and ever. Now, uh, let's go to uh, James, uh, the uh, third chapter, verse 4 and 5. Behold... Also, the ships, which though they be great with uh, and something and driven of fierce winds, yet are able to be turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindled. Um, I don't think I wrote down the verse that I wanted, but um, that's okay. We'll understand. Uh, we know, and I'll reiterate here again, that uh, we as Christians come before, their, uh, before God, and we confess, and we repent, and then we know uh, that we're going to be forgiven of all of those uh, sins because the blood of Jesus Christ covers all of those sins that we have uh, inadvertently committed. Uh, Now, there's another category that I want to uh, look at, another kind of sin, and that is, uh, that has been described as a sin unto death. Now, this covers uh, presumptuous, self-willed, unrepentant, Deliberate sins. That's not us. We don't deliberately, hopefully, sin. We aren't presumptuous. So we're going to look at this uh, in First John, the second chapter, uh, verse uh, 6 through 9. And we read, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abides in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. And so we know that uh, John is a writer and expression of love. And we know that the advantage of love and our relationship with God, and it's based on love and, and love to him and love uh, to uh, forgive. But uh, he tells us to uh, be repentant and to uh, First John two, six, nine. 6, uh, I read uh, through verse 10 there, but uh, I want to uh, cover here one point that uh, he tells us to, uh, that we are to be born again. And that word means, now some take it to mean uh, born of the Spirit in this life. But we understand it means to be converted. Because when we're born of God, we can't sin because it says His seed remains in us and we can't sin. So when we're spirit beings and have eternal life and are in the family of God forever and ever, we'll be sinless. We won't be able to sin because we've been born of the Spirit. But if we're just converted in this life physically, we can inadvertently commit some sin. So how does that uh, reconcile uh, with uh, God's plan? He wants us, he tells us not to sin, but when we do sin, we have uh, uh, an advocate, Jesus Christ, who is able to plead for us and to ask God to forgive us as we confess and repent. In Matthew 12, 31, 32, Matthew 12, 31, 32. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, But the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. And so Jesus warns us not to be presumptuous, to be deliberate, to go ahead and blaspheme, to talk against the Holy Spirit, because we know, in just cutting through here uh, some other scriptures, we know that it's the Spirit of God working through Jesus Christ that calls us to repent. So if we talk against that, if we blaspheme against it, how is God going to override that? And uh, work against us rejecting the Holy Spirit and blaspheming and and making fun of and ridiculing the Holy Spirit. Uh, So we have to be careful not to do that. Now, uh, let's go to Hebrews, the 6th chapter, verse 4 and 6, Hebrews, the 6th chapter. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So willful, deliberate sins, it's impossible for that to be forgiven. So we've got to be careful and not to do that. And we know that uh, we as Christians don't. Uh, in Second Peter, the second chapter, verse 20 through 22, 2 Peter To verse 20 for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed in to her wallowing in the mire. And so we have to be careful not to willfully, presumptuously uh, go against God and sin, against the Holy Spirit, against Jesus Christ, against the Father, because that's a sin unto death. Self-willed and presumptuous sins. Now, the dictionary defines uh, presumptuous as taking undue liberties to presume or act in a forward manner, overconfident, bold, disrespectful behavior or speech. That's what it means to be presumptuous. Now, in the Hebrew, uh, this word uh, occurs uh, 11 times in the Bible, once in the New Testament and 10 times in the Old Testament. But the Hebrew uh, definition of presumption is to be insolent, proud, arrogant, elated, to well up, and the Greek, the one time that occurs is, uh, means uh, daring, audacious, and uh, you can look up those words. Uh, so we've got to be careful that we are not overbold and overconfident and uh, uh, bragging and uh, presumptuous, taking liberties, presuming to act in a forward manner, overconfident, disrespectful. So. We, that doesn't apply to us as Christians because we'll look at this a little later here. Uh, we humble ourselves and we uh, come under the mighty hand of God and, and are uh, different than that. Now, David uh, was a, a good example in the Bible and he prayed in, back in the Psalms, uh, chapter 19, Psalms 19, and... Um, Verse 13. David prayed this. This is our prayer also. Keep back your servant also from from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And so, David prayed that he wouldn't be uh, or uh, be involved in presumptuous sins. That God would keep him from that because he knew what uh, danger there was in that. Now, Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy, the uh, 17th chapter. We have a contrast here of a couple of uh, scriptures in Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy 19, verse 13. Uh, Let me begin the paragraph in verse 11. But if any man... Hate his neighbor and lie in wait for him and rise up against him and smite him morally that he die and flees into one of these cities. Then the elders of the city shall send and fetch him thence and deliver him into the hand of the avenger of blood that he may die. Your eyes shall not pity him, but you shall put away the guilt of innocent blood from Israel that it may go well with you. And so, uh, verse, uh, oh, I was in chapter 19, excuse me, verse seven, uh, chapter 17, verse 8 through 13, that's why I thought that was, that didn't sound right, like what I had written down. Uh, for some reason, I've written different scriptures down than, um, than I've read to you. Uh, chapter 17 of Deuteronomy verse 8 through 13. If there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment, between blood and blood, between plea and plea, and between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates, then shall you arise and get you up into the place which the Lord your God shall choose. And you shall come unto the priests, the Levites, and unto the judges, that shall be in those days, and inquire, and they shall show you the sentence of judgment. And you shall do according to the sentence which they of that place, which the Lord shall choose, shall show you. And you shall observe to do according to all that they inform you, according to the sentence of the law which they shall teach you, and according to the judgment which they shall tell you you shall do, you shall not decline from the sentence which they shall show you to the right hand or to the left. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister there before the Lord your God or unto the judge, even that man shall die and you shall put away the evil from Israel and all the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously." So, if somebody thinks, oh, you know, I've done a, i have done I committed a presumptuous sin, they come to the church, they come to the minister, they come to uh, the spiritual, uh, designated man of God, and confess, and they confess to God, and he forgives, and uh, they learn a lesson from that, but notice, also in verse uh, in chapter 18, verse 15 through 22 is uh, the Lord your God will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me, unto him shall you hearken according to all that you desire of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said uh, unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto me, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command you, and, uh, or command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. And so God tells us to respect the designated spiritual head, the person that's in charge, and uh, listen to uh, that person who guides us directly and correctly according to the will of God, and not to be presumptuous. Okay, in uh, Psalm 75, 4 through 7, let's go back there once again. Psalm 75. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly, unto the wicked, lift not up your horn. Lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. And in Luke, the New Testament uh, comparison scripture here, uh, Luke, the 14th chapter. I know you're probably missing that overhead projection, with so you don't have to turn in your Bible here. Uh, But uh, we're going to look at Luke, 14th chapter, verse 7 through 11. And uh, this paragraph begins, And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When you're bidden any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than you be bidden of him. And he that bade you and him come and say to you, Give this man place. And you begin with shame to take the lowest room. And when you are bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade you cometh, he may say unto you, Friend, go up higher. Then shall you have worship in the presence of them that sit at Meet with you for whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And so, Jesus is telling us in uh, uh, very clear language here that we are to humble ourselves and we're not to exalt ourselves and say, Hey, you know, I'm somebody special or great, or that belongs to me, or that honor, or whatever. We are to take a humble position and lowly, and then when we're invited up and when we're given promotion uh, that comes from the right hand or the left hand, uh, then we accept it carefully. Okay, Uh, there are, uh, without going through a lot of scriptures, there are uh, examples in the Bible of uh, rebellious, presumptuous attitudes. Uh, That is, uh, Satan and uh, Nimrod and Cora, uh, and Simon Magus, and uh, Haman, remember from the book of Esther, Haman. So, we have uh, a lot of scriptures, references in the Bible to warn us about being like those folks, self-willed and presumptuous. So we want to be like Jesus told us and commanded us to be as believers. Humble and meek and lowly. And uh, understanding and recognizing that, uh, yeah, inadvertently, occasionally, uh, maybe a long time ago or maybe more recently, we've sinned. And so we can ask God to forgive us. And he will uh, forgive us of those transgressions. But if we willfully, deliberately, Uh, presumptuously say, I'm not going to do that or I'm not going You know, there are a lot of people that way. They just reject God outright. And we know there's a time coming when uh, those uh, who are neutral, who are ambivalent, who uh, have not been the called of God and special uh, receiving of His Holy Spirit will be resurrected in the second resurrection. And at the end of that resurrection they will be put to death the cursed man shall be die and be a uh, dead forever and then comes a new heaven a new earth in which uh, the righteous will live forever and ever and so we know that uh, we are christians and still advertently uh, inadvertently we sin uh, if we confess if we repent we can be forgiven from time to time uh, we all do this and this is why we have uh, as a part of the Holy Days and the plan of God a reminder to us even as it should have been to Israel to the physical about the Day of Atonement and the significance of that and we heard without going back through Matthew's uh, sermon uh, a lot of the points that he uh, shared with us uh, those two main points and then his uh, thought on the, about the year of Jubilee that's ahead of us so I'm going to close here today Uh, with this uh, little admonition that I wrote down for all of us. We can all be thankful for our relation with the Father and Son, that we have atonement, payment, forgiveness for our sins, and the careless sins that we all commit, that we remain faithful, overcome, endure to the end, and we will have expansion of that life that is in us into eternal life to live forever and ever with God in that new heaven and new earth.